0: For how should I do for the people, for the daughter of my people? Like I said, I, I, was, I was struck by the wording in that last part. And he's asking the question. And uh, he has told them over and over and over and over again. So the when he gave him the the choices between blessing and cursing, out in the wilderness and then all through the judges and the the kings and stuff, the switch has been it, it, the switch is being thrown here. It's it's going from blessing to cursing, and uh, so if we turn to if we turn the First Samuel twelve. First Samuel twelve, twenty two, and twenty five. We, we the events going on here in Samuel was this this is God's response to the people asking for a king. Seven twenty five. No, 12.
1: 12, 25. I'm sorry.
0: And the 12, 22 through 25. <clears throat> okay. And uh, so when the, we can look at verse 16 through 18, and that's where God's chastising his people. And uh, then in verse twenty-two, you see that though he chastises them, he doesn't forsake them. He doesn't destroy them in in their chastisement. He just he's trying to get them turned back to him, right? Yes. And uh, I don't know if I don't know if you want to read sixteen through eighteen for the people on the podcast because I read. Sure, I can do that. Okay. <clears throat> now, therefore, stand and see
1: this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. It is this, not wheat.
0: Okay. This, this is the chastisement for them uh, for them wanting a king instead of the Lord to be their king. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, go ahead. It is not wheat
1: harvest today. I will call unto the Lord. And he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which ye have done in the sight of the Lord, in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God. That we die not, for we have added unto all our sins this evil to take us a king.
0: Amen. And see that's where that's where it goes. That God always blessed the harvest with rain right at the right time and with sunshine, you know, for the harvest days and things like that. And now the the switch is thrown and they're gonna get this big thunderstorm that will Disrupt the harvest, Mm -hmm. and that's and that's and so that they'll know that this is from the Lord. That you know, this just isn't a you know. Okay, well it's raining. It's our it's our tough luck. It's our uh, no God. Samuel is showing you God is he's doing this, and this is of the Lord. And this is to bring you back to him. This is to give you some child training. But like I say, then in verse 22, you see that, but he doesn't forsake his people. He's just trying to get him to turn. And uh, so Samuel, as, as the faithful prophet and priest, tells the people that he'll pray for him fact that he gives us a great admonition right there, he'd be sinning against God if he didn't pray for him. And how many times do we get to a point where we say, you know, I can't pray for him. But, but we need to. And so through that faithfulness, he's going to teach them the good and right way only that they should fear the Lord, verse 24, only that they should fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all their heart. And you know, the people in Jeremiah are getting that same message as well. with God's pleading to them to turn to come back. So, when things get rough and you want to quit and throw your hands up, don't. Don't do that. Instead, Verse twenty-five. No, the last part of verse twenty-four. Consider how great things he has done for you. There's that. There's that. There's that wording again. That doesn't the word "how" seem to be out of place there as well? For consider how great things he has done for you. Mm,
1: no, not necessarily that one. No,
0: the no, other one
1: in Jeremiah
0: for sure. Yeah, it, it did to me. It took me straight back to this to this verse because I always, why did they why did they say for consider how? Why didn't they say for consider what great things or consider how many great things? Or added another word to the how. It just didn't leave how by itself. But anyway, that's what took me back there. Mm, I and, see.
1: Not consider what I have done, but considering how he had done it.
0: okay yeah and that could be all part of it because but but mostly that they were great things that he had done for you and sometimes when the thing when things get rough and things get bad uh we have to stop and look back and and remember and think of all the things god's done for us to bring us up out of our pity party and Say, you know what, he'll bring me through this one too. Mm. He's, faith, he's faithful too. Mm. And so in, in Jer- excuse me, in Jeremiah, where when he says, For how shall I do for the people the daughter of my people? Well, he just he just told you. And where Samuel was telling uh, Admonishing the, the people back then to look, remember, consider the things he's he done, it. and it's a shame that the people in Jeremiah's day couldn't couldn't look back, take take time right now, and and look back and remember the coronation of King David all the victories that came in his reign, you know? Yeah. Or, or look back and think of the peace and the splendor of Solomon's reign and all the beauty, you know, all all those things. Stop and think back of all those things that God had set up for you and, and, and had done for you. Or even the revival that went uh, on during Josiah's time, which was just a few years back. Look back and remember how great God was then. But they just, they didn't want to look back. They don't want to remember what good things God has done for them back then. They they just wanted to do good things for them right now, even in all the mess that they're doing. So, you know, consider the great things that he has done for you. And since they would, since they wouldn't listen to his admonishments, to Jeremiah's admonishments and stuff, now he asked the questions. So, for how shall I do uh, for the daughter of my people? And uh, all I'm saying is, you know, we touched on Proverbs 3:33 last week, mm-hmm. and there was a uh, it, it says the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked, but He blesses the habitation of the just. And we brought that up when we were talking about in verse six, you know, where Jer- the place where Jeremiah dwelt, his habitation at that time. Yeah. And even though there was trouble all around him and there was cursings and, and chastisement and stuff going on all around him, he was blessed in his habitation for being faithful. And re- and. Considering the things that God has done for him, and the, and the things that God is doing for him right now, and the things that God will be doing for him in the future, but you got to have faith mixed with the word in order for it to profit you, right? Yes. So instead of the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus, 10, <laughs> instead of those blessings that listed there, we kick back over this, the 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 switch is flipped. And, uh, and and those, the Lord would have much rather poured out on his people, the blessings. But because they have been negligent and rebellious and hard-hearted uh, to all the heedings and all the, the warnings from Jeremiah here, uh, he asked the question, how shall I do for the daughter of my people? Well, how he shall do for them is, in the first part of verse 7, he's going to melt them and he's going to try them. That's how he's going to do it. And it shouldn't be no surprise to you either. Because it's been going, yeah, I've, I've been making these warnings and these things. I've deferred my judgment, but I've been making these warnings to you from the beginning. That if you don't, and the last part of uh, back in Samuel, where he said, "For consider how great things God has done for you." Well, the last verse says, "But if you won't do that, but if you shall still do wickedly, you shall be consumed, both ye and your king." So there, there was the switch being flipped again. Do right. And uh, things will be well. Do wrong and uh, you'll be consumed. And not only you, but your king too. So when he says, I'm going to melt them. uh, To understand what's meant there. Turn to Ezekiel 22. Because now this is, this is his contemporary that's in Babylon now. And uh, even though this, this warning from Jeremiah, uh, not this one that we're speaking of right now, but the one that's going to be brought up here in Ezekiel, uh, was before the captivity, even the first captivity began, now, in, in Ezekiel, two captivities have taken place, and the third one's coming. But Ezekiel has been, uh, at this point, Ezekiel has been taken up in spirit to see the visions of God in Jerusalem. And God shows him all the abominations and all the wickedness from chapter 8 on through uh that they've been doing in Jerusalem. And then after Ezekiel has seen all these things, (coughs) in chapter 22, Mm -hmm. verse 17, verse 17 will start. It says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel, to me become dross. They are brass and tin and iron and lead in the midst <coughs> of the furnace, they are even the dross of silver. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because ye are all become dross, behold, therefore, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. <coughs> and they get as, as they gather silver and brass and iron and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace to blow the fire upon it, to melt it. So will I gather you in my anger and in my fury, and I will lead you there, and I will melt you. Yea, I will gather you, blow upon you in the fire of my wrath, and ye shall be melted in the midst thereof. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall ye be melted in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you.
1: <coughs>
0: Jeremiah 9, 7 says, Behold, I will melt them and try them. Well, that was... That was what Jeremiah told them. But this, <coughs> this, this, this admonishment that God gave Ezekiel wasn't for the people of Jerusalem and for Judah, it was for the captives that were in Babylon already, it was for their admonition. That Ezekiel would tell them what's going on in Jerusalem, and that the people there, uh, what they're going through, because you know there, there probably were some folks in uh, that were taken captive in the first captivity, and even the second captivity. That were going, man, I wish I'd have stuck. I wish I'd have stood fast and and st- stuck it out. Like those folks that are left in Jerusalem, I'd much rather be in Jerusalem than here. When God already told them, he said, you go to Babylon and be under their rule for a while and things will be okay with you. The people that are staying in Jerusalem, don't you envy them. Don't you be jealous of them. Don't you think that they, you know, they got the good end of this deal because they're going to go through the fire. And, you know, it, turn back to Jeremiah 6, because I don't think the people in the podcast, uh, I, don't, I don't think he was on chapter 6 whenever that began. But there was at the end of chapter 6, the Lord had told Jeremiah that he was going to set them in verse 27, 627. It says, I've set thee for a tower. And that word tower is an assayer. It's a, it's a refiner of metals. And he had set Jeremiah for one of them uh, among my people that he may know and try their way. And then it goes on to tell him that they're all brass and tin. And, you know, they, they've been tried in the fire through Jeremiah's and the bellows are burned, the lead's consumed and they're, they're reprobate silver. There's not, everything's vain, there's nothing there. It's all dross, there's no good thing in it, you know? Yeah. And so when Jeremiah is in this situation here, this is before any of the captivities had happened. So that some of the people that, Babylon, that Ezekiel is going to take this message back to that we just read in Ezekiel, the vision that he's seen, and he's going to report it back to the captives in Babylon. They had heard this when they was in Jerusalem back before they was taken captive. They have heard this from Jeremiah about the uh, being melted. But they didn't know that it had happened, and Ezekiel's telling them, look, that you, this is what you got delivered from by being taken captive. You're not going through this fire that they're going through right now because you obeyed the Lord. People that stayed in Jerusalem and Judah and were taken under the rule of uh, Nebuchadnezzar and stuff was going against what God had told them. And that never worked out to your good. <clears throat> So then, by taking that stand of faith, you know it kind of exemplifies what Paul spoke when when Paul said that we can do nothing against the truth before the truth. That 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 message never never compromised or changed from Jeremiah back, uh, what six twelve to. 20 years, 19, 20 years earlier. Uh, it was still the same. It was all about, it was going to go through the fire that didn't that didn't listen. Mm-hmm. And like I say, these visions were given to Ezekiel about what was going on in Judah and Jerusalem, but it wasn't for those people. They had already got that message. They was getting it from Jeremiah consistently. It was for the people in Babylon that he could take it back to. And it was to encourage them for being taken captive, and it, 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 then it kind of, then it kind of uh, reconciled and, and went right along with the the letter that uh, Jeremiah wrote to the <clears throat> to, to the residue of the elders which were carried away captive, and the priests and the prophets of all of them that was taken captive when Nebuchadnezzar carried them away captive to Babylon, that's chapter 29 in Jeremiah Jeremiah actually wrote a letter to the to the leaders and the elders and the priests and stuff in Babylon telling them we had read that before, but I, I just, I'll just paraphrase it right, here. you know he said, uh, he was encouraging them, he said, you know, you're there in Babylon you're in captivity, you're under rule of a strange nation, but go ahead and build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat the fruit of them, take wives, beget sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and daughters. And be not diminished, seek the peace of the city whether you've been carried captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof you shall have peace. So things were gonna be things were gonna be okay. Jeremiah told them that. In letters, Ezekiel's now telling them that look, this is what you would have gotten had you stayed in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what you'd be going through right now. You'd be you'd be being tried by fire just like they are. So to go back to Jeremiah and how shall I do for my daughter of my people? Well, how he shall do, what he shall do is he shall melt them. That's what he'll do. Because but they've given him no choice. He's got to the point where, you know, these things have got to be done. And all, all of this is, you know, it's just setting up the table for the time of Jacob's trouble. This is just, this is just previews. This is just a, this is a trailer. Ain't that what, ain't that what they're called in the movie? Yeah. <clears throat> you see, a, you, you see a trailer, so you. We get a you get an idea of what the movie's gonna be about? Yes. Well that this is just the trailer for Jacob's trouble. Yes. And, and 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 to that extent we can understand it, but to the extent that the Lord explains it to us when he says for in that, in that time, then there shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. So whatever we read in all the judgments and all the the, the things that's happening here to his people is is nothing compared to what it's going to be like, but it it does, it is a precursor to it so that we we know that uh, the fire that they're going through right now is not going to be the furnace of affliction they're going to go through in Jacob's trouble. That's, that's going to be like, that's going to be like Nebuchadnezzar turning the heat of the furnace up seven times, you know? Yeah. So. Now. I'm finished up with verse seven now. <clears throat> oh, okay. And, you know, and I meant to mention that off the air, but when we were talking and I didn't, but uh, j- just going back through this, God just opened up so much more things to me that was never mentioned the first time around. Because we keep going back to, to Jeremiah, like we just went back to chapter six and you know stuff like that. Yeah. And then when you look at what you read, boy, he just opened up a bunch of other stuff for me. And I, I think what what was uh, back last week when I was talking about the distinction. Of uh, you know when they listed the seducer, not the yeah the the soothsayers and the magicians and the the diviners and all those in that one sentence. Yeah, remember when I was talking about that vaguely, uh,
1: yeah.
0: And I said that even though they're synonymous with one another, they you know if you look the definitions up of one and the other, that they usually mention the other one. They 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 fit right in with each other, but because they was all listed in that one. Verse. It to me, it gave the distinction that there was something separate and different about each one of those, even though they was alike in a lot of things. And just by that, by by chasing that rabbit, then when we got to something else here, I think it's in verse nine. Uh, the same thing happens again for him, and he just opens things up again. And it's on it's on that on that. Idea, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. But I just wanted to let you know that God blessed me in that way to open up open up scriptures that we had already been through, but He never gave me these understandings of it until this week. And I hope you know, I hope it blesses you, the people that are listening when we get there. Amen. <clears throat> verse eight. That. do what glad to hear that Yeah, I was glad to receive it. And, I'm, and I'm even I'm glad to share it too that's what it's all about you want to read verse verse
1: 8 yeah <clears throat> um, their tongue is as an arrow shot out it speaketh at the seat one speaketh peaceable to his neighbor with his mouth, but his heart, he layeth his weight.
0: <clears throat> Amen. And to me, this just kind of completes what he began in verse three through five, when he's speaking of their tongues and their bows and the arrows or lies and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. This just, just, This just kind of complements what's said in those verses uh, to give you just a little bit more detail and a little more uh, understanding of of what he means by it. But. Let's see. uh, Well, I'm trying to tie this in, though, but I don't know why I got this written down like this, because now it's not making much sense, but uh, maybe it will if you get into it. That's why I say maybe I'll be a little discombobulated this morning. But I, for some reason or another, it took me a, a back again to uh, Ezekiel, because as Jeremiah is going through these things, and and this is the place where he's know, <clears throat> This is what's going on all around him where he's dwelling right now. He can take consolation in that Ezekiel, his contemporary, is experiencing the same kind of reproach. Because, you know, what's all around him is just lies in the Pictures of arrows and stuff and deceit. And one speaketh peaceably in his na- to his neighbor with his mouth. So he's, he's putting off a good a good front. You know, this is the guy that you want to put your hand around his, you know, over his shoulder and walk with him for a while. He's speaking peaceably to you. But what he's got in his heart, be careful where he leads you, right? Yeah. Be careful, be careful where you go walking with him because he's laying in wait for you somewhere. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, that turn to Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel was going through that same kind of uh, reproach, I guess is how you would explain it. Ezekiel 33, 22. 233 and when we get to this place in Ezekiel here he's he's been waiting three years for this message to come that that he gets now and and he's actually been a mute he's been dumb he's been a mute for eight years. For eight years, all he's been able to say is, Thus saith the Lord. Anything other than that, God shut his mouth. He he wasn't allowed to just have a conversation with his with his neighbors and stuff. Unless it was thus saith the Lord. That's all he was allowed to say. We've been doing this for eight years. And uh So in, in verse twenty two, we will start in verse twenty two. He says, "Now the hand of the Lord was upon me in the evening, before that he that escaped to pain and had opened my mouth, until he came to me in the morning and was his mouth opened, and I was more dumb." Now that's what I'm saying. He'd been waiting three years for this to happen. Back in uh, chapter twenty four. He was told that it, that somebody would come when when Jerusalem was destroyed. There, there would be one escape, you know, the fire, and come to him and tell him what had happened. And so now this is it has come to pass that he that had escaped it came and opened my mouth. And then the word of the Lord came unto me, verse 23, saying unto me, Son of man, they that inhabit those wastes of the land of Israel speak, saying Abraham was one, and he inherited the land, but we are many. The land is given us for inheritance. Wherefore say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, you eat with blood, lift up your eyes toward your idols, you shed blood, and shall you possess the land? You stand upon your sword, you work abomination, and you defile everyone his neighbor's wife, and shall ye possess the land? Say thou thus unto them, thus saith the Lord God, as I live, surely they that are in the waste shall fall by the sword. Him that's in the open field will I give to the beast to be devoured, and they that be in the forts and in the caves shall die for the pestilence. For I will lay the land most desolate, and the pomp of their strength shall cease, and the mountains of Israel shall be desolate, that none shall pass through. Then shall they know that I am the Lord. That's his whole purpose all the time with his people, so that they would know he is the Lord. He says it over and over and over. He's hoping that that will be the byproduct, the, the, the outcome of what he's doing when I have laid the land most desolate because of all their abominations which they have committed. Also, thou son of man, here's where we get into uh, the reproach to Ezekiel, that he has to suffer through for for Christ, if you want to go to the New Testament theology there. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people should I still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses and speak one to another. That kind of sound like that guy that says uh, he would speak his people to his neighbor, but with his mouth, but in his heart, he lays weight. You get that same kind of impression here? Well, They're not talking against him, verse thirty, Ezekiel. They're not talking against him to his face. They're by the walls and in the doors of the houses speak one to another, but they're speaking of him.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> well, it says they still are talking against him. The, the like it was a continual, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, said.
0: yeah. Okay. If you'll live godly in Christ, you shall suffer. Right? Yeah. So, come everyone his brother, that's what they're saying to each other. Come, let I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. Don't you hear that through the week or whatever, especially, uh, you know, on on Saturday or whatever, come on to the house of God and let's see what God has to say for us. Yeah. But then, when you get to the, when you get there, and those people are present, and then you watch how they live the rest of the week, well, that's not what that's not part of the message God gave us this Sunday. You're not bearing up for that message very well. You said you wanted to go and you wanted to hear what the Lord said, and now when you heard what the Lord said, uh, you put that you've let that roll off your back and you just went right back to the world. Here you go again. Yeah because and I say that because verse 31, and they come unto thee as the people. and, and that's why I wanted to bring the today into it the church and, and the things that's going today and have been going on ever since this time, but we can relate to it today. Uh, and they come unto thee as the people cometh and they sit before thee as my people. everybody, how many people that goes to church, that you know of, if you, you know, when you read them in the morning, whatever, and you say, Hey brother, how's it going? How's it going? If you ask them all, are you Christian? Are you saved? Don't almost a hundred percent of them say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they, so they come as the people come with They sit before thee as my people. And they hear the words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And that's where I wanted to tie in what we read in Jeremiah. That speaketh peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth with his mouth, but his heart's far from him. And so what Ezekiel is and what the church is for a lot of people today, I believe, and And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear thy words. But once they've drained and once they've gotten the entertainment value out of it, but they do them not. They don't take them to heart. They just go in one ear and out the other and they enjoy what they hear. And so that when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. They shall know that a prophet had been among them. But what, when he says when this cometh to pass, what what he's talking about is what we just read in, you know, like verse 27 or verse 22 all the way through verse 28 or 9. all that desolation stuff that he's going to pour out on Judah and Jerusalem. When that comes to pass, lo, it will come. In fact, verse 22, he did escape came. What he escaped from was the destruction of Jerusalem. That's what he escaped from. And he came and told Jeremiah uh, to Ezekiel. And when he told Ezekiel, well, that was Ezekiel's his, God told him, "When that man comes to you, I will open your mouth, and you'll be able to communicate and talk to your people. You know, in fellowship, then I will open your mouth, and you'll be able to. Speak. You're still going to speak my words, but you'll be able to speak in fellowship as well. So that's what means. <coughs> so that the people of Babylon in captivity." Could know the the uh, affairs of what was going on in Judean Jerusalem. It was for their it was for their encouragement. It was for their uh, strengthening. Because I got to believe that there was no doubt a bunch of them that at some point in time or maybe all the time were sitting in their captivity, longing for home, thinking, "Man, I wish I'd stayed. I I wish I'd have just sucked it up and." uh, Refused to be taken captive. The best as I could, I'd either die or I'd, I'd I'd escape and I'd stay in my home land and longing for home, wishing against God's wishes that they would have stayed instead of being taken captive as they was. But here was some encouragement to let them know, you know what? I told you you'd be okay if you went into captivity. These people in Jude and Jerusalem, they're they're not okay. They're not okay. And Ezekiel could bring them that message. So Mm -hmm. and that's kind of a accurate picture of the schisms and the divisions that are in the church today. Yeah. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. Same so, girl, different dress. It hasn't. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, it's kind of and like then, the, the names are changing all that, but it's all the same spell.
1: And that is the warning that the Lord has, has given the church that there's going to be um men that's going to creep in and they're going to bring forth damnable heresies
0: mm-hmm. and that's why we need to stand fast in the faith mm-hmm. that's why we need to and Jeremiah and Ezekiel are a great example of standing fast yes, yes. They're, they're great role models
1: yes but you know the church is a very good
0: picture of that I like that so Paul gives an admonition in uh, Galatians five five fourteen, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. says, "For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself." Yeah. So, so that was the outward appearance that that guy in Jeremiah, when he spoke peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, that was the appearance that he gave them. Was that he loved his neighbor as himself. But you had to be able to look into his heart to see what he really, where, you know, what he really felt. So the outward appearance was there, and according to the statutes and the commandments of God and stuff, we we was, and that was given in the Old Testament as well. That love love your neighbor as yourself is not New Testament stuff. That was given in Leviticus as well, that they should do that. So one should never forget that people are watching and listening to us if for no other reason, because we profess to be a born-again child of God. Right? Once a a lost person or once another person in the community hears that you're a a professed child of God, his eyes open up to you. He wants to watch and see what's, what's going on with you. And they don't always tell you that they're watching. So when our talk and our walk don't line up, which is exactly what the picture is here in Jeremiah, when it says he spoke peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but his heart layeth in what The peaceable talk that he was talking don't line up with the deceiving heart that was in it. The walk and the talk don't line up. So then, when that happens to us today, people that are watching this, when they see that, then we're seen as the hypocrites that we are. And when they see us as hypocrites, and yet we profess children of God, then they wonder why do they need why do they need that at all? And we cause them to blaspheme God because. Of what we do, we have to be we have to be wary and careful that those things that we're not that kind of instruction for the community and for our neighbors. That by them watching and, and paying attention to what we do and what we say, uh, when we come across as hypocrites, then we cause them to blaspheme God as well. And that's, exactly, that's what happened to Israel and the nations all around them that was watching back in the Old Testament. That's what Paul says in Romans 2.24. He says that's because they watched and seen the, how peculiar you was and what a different kind of people you was and you just turned out to be like they was all over again. You caused them to blaspheme against God. It happened in the early church. And Paul was admonishing against it right here in Galatians. So then in in Galatians 5.15, he he throws up the stop sign. And he says, but if you bite and devour one another, that's not loving your neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. But if you bite and devour one another, Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. That's where the hypocrisy shows up. We're all gonna, you know, divide and devour. We're all gonna go through those disagreements and and debates, or whatever you want to call them. I used to call them debates. My wife called them arguments. <laughs> mm-hmm. But. The bite and devour is going to be there, but take heed that you don't be consumed one of another. So, you know what? No one ever bit and devoured themselves until they were consumed. That's what Ephesians says. But rather, you cherish and nourish it. You don't. Fight and devour your body, you love your body. You cherish and nourish it, even as the Lord cherished the church. So if the neighbor in Jeremiah 9-8 had taken heed that the words of his mouth didn't agree with the thoughts of his heart, he could have been reconciled to his neighbor and not consumed. take heed unless you bite off more than you can chew, right? Mm-hmm. So what Paul does in Galatians here in verse 14, he corrects them. He exhorts them. He corrects them in verse 15, and he instructs them in verse 16. Here's, here's what you do so that you don't bite, uh, be consumed one one another. You walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's the, there's the key. In order for us not to be hypocrites, in order for us, for our walk to line up with our talk, if we are professed children of God, then we got to walk like the children of God and that's where we run into a lot of trouble is our walk don't line up with our talk and that's that's the best witnessing we can do a lot of times we don't have to open our mouth at all to witness we just have to we just have to do. Mm. It, I know my mouth gets me, gets me in trouble all the time when I try to. I would I would rather my witness be through people observing in, instead of listening, because my tongue's you know it, it it sometimes words have a funny way of rolling off my tongue. to the effect of confusing instead of enlightening. But now you said that you had got some study in and stuff. So yeah, I did. You, you take the floor for a while and uh, kick in wherever you want to here. Well,
1: uh, I like where you're going with all that. I like, uh, I just want to talk about their throat. I, I, I just seen this when you were talking about it. This is not what I looked at. But, okay. you know, the Lord said that their throat is an open sepulcher, you know. Mm-hmm. And in Psalms 5, it says, for there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wicked, wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. <clears throat> so that's a good example Are uh, showing you what that's going on right there. What's in their heart? What's going on? And it ties back into Jesus Christ. You know, not only would they do this to an unknown God, they hadn't seen him. They just had his word. They, they've they been taught it, right? right? They have this guy... Jeremiah saying, repent, repent, repent. They've only heard it from their fathers. And then all of a sudden here is what's taking place. They're going into captivity. I find it very, uh, I find it interesting, you know. And then, you know, we want a king. You went back there to we want a king. We want a king. The Lord gave them a king. And because of that wickedness, you know, they're going to get the king that they want, you know. And that king they're going to get is uh, the antichrist, the one that's going to rule with the rod of iron over them. That's right. Eventually, yep. <clears throat> yeah, they just I don't mean, know it yet.
0: God told Samuel back then. He said, "Now here, you tell them what manner of king they're going to get." Yeah. And it was, and it wasn't good, but the, mm-hmm. but the people just said, "We want a king."
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, we hear all that you're saying, but we still want king yeah instead of the Lord uh, uh, go figure but uh, I was yeah. in that I was in that crowd for 50 years so uh, you know just seems uh, it seems remarkable to me now yeah
1: well I just thought that was pretty interesting their tongue you know Lord puts those little little things there so we can look and see what's going on,
0: you know? Yeah. Um, and then we add up the years, like, you know, you, you, ask, uh, you add up all the years that this has been going on, that he's been long-suffering with these people, and uh, we talk about the long-suffering, patience, and mercy of the Lord all the time, but, I mean, this, this is going over 900 years, and, it's, it, and then it's 600 more years until Christ comes. Yeah. And, oh. and none of this stuff ever changes. It's still ongoing in the when Christ came and it's and it's ongoing in the early church and it's ongoing today. Yeah. So that you know it it just it just brings out God's long suffering and and, and patience. It's just it's just incredible. Yeah. The thing the thing that He puts up with.
1: Yeah, and that's where they wanted a king. They got a king. They wanted to see it. They wanted to behold him. They wanted to be able to, you know, go to him directly, you know, like as Moses was the mediator. And then when Jesus Christ came, that was God in the flesh came to them, their God, you know, that gave them the promise, the covenant, uh, uh, the law, you know, yeah. that God came to them and they rejected him. And it's interesting. They speak peaceable. That's what they did with Christ. They speak peaceable with them. But their heart, their life and weight. And I like it that Jeremiah, Ezekiel, these men couldn't see the these men's hearts. God was just warning them.
0: That's my that's, that's point all the time, yeah, is that these guys didn't have that. Some yeah.
1: That the Lord had to see yeah. the heart. And then when Jesus came on the scene, right? Mm-hmm. That's when they end up becoming stark raving mad. They became madmen because, because their
0: heart was revealed to them.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. Hey, he, 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 he without the without sin cast the first stone. What?
0: We they can't didn't do son. nothing. <laughs> they had been so successful in their deceptions, and here comes a guy that could see right through them. Yeah. And they didn't like it.
1: Yeah. Uh, see right through him. He passed right through him, brother.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, they're on that cliff getting ready to want to throw him off. Yeah, they just
0: <laughs> passed right through him. Yeah. His, his time okay. hadn't come. His time <laughs> had <him. laughs> do, do, do do do. There
1: you go. <laughs> No, but that's a, that's an amazing thing to think about. You know that our Lord is that merciful, that loving, that kind, and He still is, brother. I know that they went into captivity. I know that the Lord punished them, and they still didn't get it. They still didn't repent, right? You know, and so the Lord s- s- did what He had pr- what He had said that He would cause them to go uh, be jealous with the nation that is not their nation, which is the Gentiles. Right. And even though that the promise in Abraham was that all nations of the
0: earth shall be blessed. Right? Oh, yeah. They, 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 from the beginning, God had the Gentiles in mind. As well.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's something that the that the Jew in the Old Testament never got. And, they, and the Jew of, uh, of today doesn't get it either, unless he's Messianic. Unless he's received the Lord, they they still don't believe that the Gentiles are have been taken in. Yeah, they're still a special people to Him, and they are. But so so are the Gentiles. Yeah, they're all they're all His creatures. Yeah, Amen. Yeah, they, you know, and so from the time we were talking, twenty five hundred years later his people his the jewish nation still don't get it yeah they're still blind darkness apart they're still blind yep well my what i
1: got my study on is only i did it on i thought it was on verse 9 so
0: okay I well i done with verse 8 so verse oh
1: you are okay
0: yeah, I'm done okay. with verse, I was fixing to go into verse 9. I knew that's when you, you, you said we, you thought that's where we were going to start. Yeah,
1: well, this would uh, be a good spot to... Yeah, yeah. okay. Pick, if pick, you give me a moment.
0: Take verse, verse 9 right off.
1: All right, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go verse 9 mm-hmm. to... Wait up. Well, yeah, I think that's all I got. I'll work work 9 to 11 just to get the full, the whole of it. Okay. And I'll go back up to 9. Okay. Shall I not visit them for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? For the mountains will I take up a weeping and a wailing, and for the habitations of the wilderness a lamentation, because they are burned up, so that none can pass through them. There can uh, neither can men hear the voice of the cattle, both the fowl of the heavens and the beasts are fled; they are gone. I will make Jerusalem heaps and a den of dragons. I will make cities of Judah desolate without an habitation, without in. Inhabitation—is
0: that what it is? Inhabitant.
1: Inhabitants without an inhabitant.
0: One Sorry. that inhabits. Inhabitation.
1: Yes. Okay. So go back to five. Mm-hmm. Chapter five of Jeremiah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Chapter five, that's verse nine, and it says exactly. here. That's exactly where I went off do Shall I not visit? for these things a little bit different in 9.9 it says shall I not visit them for these things
0: it's word for word
1: no them's left out
0: oh okay. Shall,
1: shall I not visit them for these things but okay. it's the same thing and then yep. look at 29 of the same chapter Right. Chapter five. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So that's an enclosing. And in 9 9 is where I was looking is, shall I not visit them for these things? That's an, in, an enclosing argument of what was previously had said, the context. Right. So I looked at the context of both or all three of these. And look at this list, brother. Uh, So I'll start with 5, 9. In verse 7, they forsake me. They sworn to other gods. They're adultery. They commit adultery. They assembled. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I separate that. I know they assembled in uh, in harlot's houses, it says. But I, I separated, assembled, because that's a totally different thing um, and, and than in the harlot's house, you know, because it's, uh, I don't know, in my mind, I think it's too separate. All right, in verse 8 of that chapter, everyone um, neigheth like a horse, yeah. and they go after his neighbor's wife, which mm-hmm. is full of adultery, eyes full of adultery. 529 Look what it says here. Uh, There in twenty-five, iniquities, sins. Twenty-six, wicked men. They lie wait. uh, They set snares. Okay.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, They set traps. They catch men. Twenty-seven, full of deceit, become great. Wax rich, twenty-eight wax and fat, they shine, or uh, overpass deeds of the wicked, and that's they not. judge not. Now, I thought that was pretty pretty intense. Right. Now in nine nine, look at these lists. They're they're all and they all have the similar thing that's going on. It's just. They're, they're lost, brother. They're lost.
0: And they just keep compounding and multiplying.
1: Yes. They're just lost, okay? Um, yeah, and it's compounding and multiplying. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's just one thing after another that it keeps on going on. Look at 9-9. Look at all these. In verse 2, adulteries. Right. Uh, an assembly. Treacherous men. Three, bend their tongues, not valiant for truth. Proceed, uh, f- uh
0: f- um, yeah, yeah, proceed from evil to evil. Um, that's, that's the mark they're pressing toward. They proceed, right? They press toward it.
1: Yes, they know the Lord, they don't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Know me not. Utterly supplant slanders uh, deceiver will not speak the truth, lies, weary themselves, commit iniquity, habitation of deceit, refuse to know me. Whoa, man, these are a lot of things that the Lord is is trying to reveal unto this nation that look you are not right with me. You are needing to get right. Repent. Right. You know,
0: my. You wonder how much more he has to bring up before, you know, it just says, wow.
1: Yeah. But, but I think I mentioned this a little bit. I don't know if it was a couple of weeks ago or last week, maybe it was early in the episode last week that I thought that how it was so familiar. Romans Romans one, 18 um, and just talking about Romans, not uh, Jeremiah 9, I didn't realize that 59 five, and 528 and everything was there just yet. but in Romans it's, it says uh, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit. Right? So we see that they are lining up this list. Malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Look at that list of things. And that is not even what speaks of uh, and 18 of Romans, and 19, they're ungodly, right. no, he keeps
0: you know? going. He extends the list.
1: Yeah, so we're dealing with men that are lost. When we're dealing with men, Jesus Christ said, that which is flesh is flesh. I fear that we see these things in some of them, or a lot of them, or all of them will pop out, and you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty. And yes, we are. But there should be somewhere along the line where I trusted Jesus Christ, so these things should be forgiven. So who is attacking me right now? Well, we know who that is.
0: It's the accuser of the brethren, you know? He's when, you know, when you extend that list out and you count them uh, there's it ends up being there's 23 uh, works of the flesh or uh, inadequacies of man yeah and and we man works hard in fulfilling each and every one of them in, in the lost state that's yeah but god has made it so Easy and so simple for us. And how many fruits of the Spirit are there? 13. Nine.
1: Nine?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's 13. It, 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 well, 13 is rebellion. There's probably a list of these inadequacies that uh, count to 13, but when you add them all up, they add up to 23, and we know that 23 is, for the wages of sin is death, right? Yeah. But he he narrows that number down to absolve us from doing any of the all of those other things that our flesh just, you know, longs to go after. And he gives us love, peace, joy, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faith. Against us, there's no law. And walk in those. Mm -hmm. There's only nine of them. Walk in those and you won't do any of them other, all those that you just listed off. But we're, you know, when we get in the flesh, we go after what the flesh goes at, And that's what the flesh goes after. That's that. Mm-hmm. The, flesh, the flesh wants no part of them. Of them, nine fruits. No. So that's why we have to crucify the flesh daily. Mm. But and, and that shows God's mercy. Yes. It, that, you know it. He's made this so simple and so easy for us because he's done all the work. All we got to do is believe. All we got to do is just kick in faith and believe. And he gives—he even gives us that. But without it, it's mixed with his word and with his, uh, you know, then it's not profitable for us at all. Yeah. Okay. God took me exactly the same place he took you for the first nine. I mean, I, I went exactly that same place and seen those same things. That's why I mentioned earlier about that, seeing them distinctions in the, you know, the soothsayers and the magicians and stuff like that. Yeah. Seeing that the, there were three times that God had made this plea verbatim and it and, and, and all involved these things. Shall I not visit them for these things? And these things, although they all fell under the big umbrella of sin and rebellion, uh, they were all different. They just kept mm-hmm. pounding themselves, you know, as we went in verse in 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 uh, five nine. Those those things that he lists leading up to five nine. He was justified with those. To, yeah, to visit them and avenge his soul on them. But but he didn't. And then by the time you get to verse twenty nine, he's got a whole another list of things <clears throat> that just in those things he was justified in visiting them and avenging his soul upon them for those things. But he deferred again. Now in, be, in between what I in between chapter 5 and chapter 9 we have the captivity that's taken place. So that to that extent he did visit them before we get to Jeremiah nine. He did visit them once and took a, a, a bunch of them captives to Babylon and beyond. He did visit them for those things in 5 before 5 9 and before 5 29, and he did avenge his soul to that extent on them on that nation. For those, now that that captivity is taking place, they still haven't learned. There's now you go to chapter 9 and you see all these things from verse 2 through verse 8 that they're doing, and he would be justified again in verse 9. To visit them and to avenge us soul on again for these things, and he will in three years. He'll, the, the second captivity will come in three years. But that, that God took me exactly the same place He took you with that, and I Amen. and I and I found it very interesting that boy you know we, we look at the, the bad deeds that they do and stuff and we, we just don't ever tend to add them all up just like in Romans what you would read and stuff you get a list of so many but then if you go to second Timothy or to Timothy or if you go to other places in Romans that list increases and increases mm-hmm. it's always a partial list you know There seems and sometimes it's not real it's not it, it, it's it lists a whole bunch of them
1: but, well, but, the, look at the look at the list here. In five nine, it's seven things that are mentioned. Five twenty nine, there's thirteen things that are mentioned,
0: and in so nine they,
1: nine, there's seventeen.
0: So that's eighteen and seven. There's thirty five things.
1: Yeah. So, like you were saying, they they the progress, the, like they kept on going. They kept on multiplying adding unto themselves iniquity upon iniquity, evil upon evil, you know? But, you know, it it sums up, though. You have to, this is a thing that I had looked at. Shall I not visit them for these things? Mm -hmm. The Lord considers them as things, okay? It's sin in his eyes, right? it's right. sin he hates it, it but it's just it, it it's it's just things we ha- you have to understand that you shouldn't allow those things to prevent you from coming to god to receive mercy for committing those things okay we right. shouldn't be in fear of the lord Because we sinned and never go to him for repentance. You know, there's a fear unto death. You know, I do not ask that you ask for it, but it's because you're not going to the Lord because, yes, his love is there. Now, I'm speaking of New Testament. These guys had sealed the deal and we're reading their fate and what they've done. But mm-hmm. these are our examples that we can use and apply for us in the New Testament, not allowing, well, walking in the spirit like you're talking about, not allowing these things to take a hold of our heart. But the first time that things is mentioned, it's Jeremiah. Look at this in 2.8. I think this sums it up. What the problem was, what the heart problem was of it all is the spiritual leadership amen right the priest said not where is the lord right why
0: well because their hearts of of all people why would they not be seeking the lord exactly right exactly
1: a chosen a chosen tribe not numbered with the rest so the lord took them and separated them Gave them the work of the ministry to be able to perform for the healing of the nation for the healing of the land to beg for the Lord to forgive them, right? Right. And they didn't where where's the Lord? They didn't even ask, but they still held the office of a priest. You see that? They oh, yeah. still held. Uh, the credentials. I'm a priest. I'm a priest. I'm from Aaron.
0: That's so why they that's didn't this... sit seek the Lord. Yeah. They they had done got puffed up, and like the Antichrist puffs up in folks until they think they want to sit in God's on on God's throne. They want to sit as God.
1: Yeah.
0: At the God of our life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And look, and they had. And they that handled the law knew me not. Look at this. You say that Jeremiah chapter 2, what does it say? Um, what's your date that you have? What year? Uh,
0: 629. It's when 629. His okay.
1: So the Lord Jesus Christ had came, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and So we're 30 years. We're 29 years from 9-9. Or twenty nine years from Jesus coming,
0: no, from nine nine. From where we shall I not visit them for these things?
1: Oh, okay. But how many years would it be from when Jesus Christ had said to, um, um, to the Pharisees, if he had known the Father, ye have known me.
0: Six hundred and sixty years, give or take a year, depends. Give on or
1: take a year, and yeah, right I, here,
0: hey. The first- ministry second year or third year have to go hey,
1: you've you've handled the law and you don't know me look if you had known Abraham you would have known me for Abraham desired for me he wanted me to show up because he knew of the promise that I gave unto him and he saw just wanted huh
0: and he saw me
1: yes so they wanted to hold the title and they wanted to hold the book.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The pastors also transgressed against me. And the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. Look at the things. Look at that's the things that I'm talking about that the Lord he can redeem us from. Mm-hmm. Walk walk after the things that do not profit. There are so many things in this world that do not profit. Now, you have covetousness, right? One in Romans. You have to think about the covetousness. When we think of things, we think of materialistic all the time, right? I want more, 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 more. So that's just a part of the barnacles. The real sin is covetousness. The things that you have collected and accumulated and gathered around That's just the more barnacles that's connected and weighing you down even more because of the sin. That's the fruit of the sin. But right here, it's interesting that these men, they held the office. They held the word of God. They were considered as um, shepherds, pastors of the sheep. and They transgressed against God. And the prophets prophesied by Baal okay, now that's a no-no, that's a false God, and walked after things that do not profit. That's where the spiritual condition of the of the nation of Israel took place. They, in their hearts, moved away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to point out is that as there's a whole the hearts move, and also, you have to be aware of the priest and the prophet and the pastor not to be persuaded by the people to go that way, right? You need to stand. <laughs> Jeremiah stood, you know?
0: Absolutely. And we're going to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. So I'm not going to go through all of those things. I just thought that that 2.8 really summed up why they're in the situation. It's the spiritual leadership of the, of, of the nation. And then this would be summing it up with the things that we need to be considered in Hebrews 6.9. Look what it says that we need to do here. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation... Though we thus speak. So we see that we're being encouraged. Better things of our salvation. Go on. unto perfection. In 1224 of Hebrews. And Jesus. The mediator of the new covenant. And the blood of the sprinkling. That speaketh better things than that of Abel. Mm-hmm. So look at there. We have so, mm-hmm. things that are these better things speak of a of better of, of what Abraham Abel's blood spake, you know? Right. And uh that's mercy, that's forgiveness. Uh, forgive them, Lord, what Jesus had cried, you know. Mm-hmm. so um i thought it also it was interesting who do you think is speaking here well i'll say it the lord shall not my soul so that's the lord speaking not jeremiah correct that's what i would say Yeah, that's what i okay i liked how it says my soul it's not capital it's lowercase and it just goes to show you that we are created in the image of god and god has a soul right Mm-hmm. and I don't understand all that, but I only could see for myself and what the Lord tells me that I have and what man has, They have a soul and a spirit and a body, and each one of them are precious.
0: And, and each and one each one of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are all grieved by what he, that's why he gave us that, shall I not uh, avenge my soul upon his people three times? That's, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Three times he's pleaded that Mm -hmm. because his entire entire being, the the complete Godhead, has been reproached and uh, grieved.
1: Yeah. But look at, this is what God had done when Jesus Christ had died on the cross, right? They took him Mm -hmm. and buried him.
0: Mm -hmm. And it
1: says that, Thy thy soul shall not be left in hell, nor thy holy one shall seek corruption. So God, with this, shall not my soul be avenged? The Lord repented of that. I don't I mean, I don't maybe didn't. I'm I'm not saying uh, at this point, but I'm saying that the Lord ended up taking his soul and becoming sin who knew no sin for us. Not to avenge, but to forgive.
0: Well, and that, you know, you listed uh, that th- there were 35 things mentioned mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in relation to shall I not visit them for these things? Yeah. And uh, 35 in, in what I have for numbers and stuff represents hope. And how appropriate appropriate is that, that all of these things, 35 of them just listed here, Mm -hmm. uh, there's hope that we don't have to do any of those things.
1: Yeah. The New Testament, Jesus Christ brings hope and light and life.
0: The blessed hope.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen.
0: He has overcome each and every one of them, 35. All we have to do is get in him.
1: Yes, exactly. Amen.
0: Yeah. But on our own, on our own, we'll, we'll visit each and every one of those. Yes. But in him, we won't visit anyone.
1: For the wages of sin is death. Amen. But Jesus Christ had tasted death for every man. So every man doesn't have to live every man in that nope. sin and die. You have life. So I thought that was pretty interesting. My soul.
0: Mm. You bet. And and God is a a spirit, but he has a soul. He has a body. Yeah. And he has a mind. And I
1: think that each one of the Godheads, which I don't have my notes in front of me for this study, but... um, each one of the Godhead represents the body, soul, and the spirit, as well. Exactly. Yes.
0: <clears throat> um, the body is the, Lord. Mm-hmm. the spirit. The body is the Lord. Mm-hmm. The spirit is the spirit, and the Father is the soul. Yeah. Hmm. Very good. Yeah, I I enjoyed looking at all them uh, things. I I won't I won't even you know rehash any of those because you've done a great job on that.
1: Well, I'm not even done with all my notes here.
0: No, and I well i probably not either. But I'm just listening to yours, and I got several on here. But in uh, fact, I thought, huh? Verse nine was as far as I got, and I don't know that I was completed with it yet.
1: Hmm. But well, I got down to verse 11. Where we're talking about the den of dragons. Ooh. Yeah, there's actually I a wait, lot
0: <laughs> there. I can't wait to get into that. Yeah, there's actually a lot on that. Oh, there is a whole bunch,
1: but there's something that had popped out as I was looking at the den of dragons. And it's it's kind of about the den of dragons, but it's talking about the pathway. Okay, and mm-hmm. we looked at it. I can't remember. I'm, I meant to mark it down, or did I mark it down? Talking about the pathway uh, and the walk at the pathway, and it's interesting that you know that there seems to be a highway that the Lord is going to open. That no man knows where it's at just yet. And he's going to make it a way for this remnant, this nation, to be able to take that road, that pathway, and get to safety, you know?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so if you look to Isaiah, uh, and I will make Jerusalem heaps and a den of dragons and will make the cities of Judea desolate without an inhabitant. So talking about there's no way you can go there. Lord says, and he said, flee to the mountains, right? He told Mm -hmm. the nation of Israel, Matthew, flee, take off. Let your flight not be in the winter, you know? But look at Isaiah and look at this den. I just touch. I know we're going to get into it a little bit more, but look at how it is. There's something there, and I just don't know what it is, brother. Three... uh, um, Isaiah 35, verse 3. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will, will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. In the ears of the death shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb, dumb sing for the wilderness shall waters break forth and streams in the desert um, and the parched, parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land, springs of water, in the habitations of dragons, in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. And um, the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, there we are, brother. Mm-hmm. Though fools shall not there enter. Oh wow. No lion shall be there, nor any ravious beasts, ravish beast shall go up thereon. It shall be found there, but the rem- uh, redeemed shall walk there. The ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and singing shall flee away.
0: It's all about the sign. Science.
1: Science. yeah. but look at this highway that's made and these den of dragons yes this place is corrupt yes this earth is damaged yes sin had done his toll and it will until the redeemer of this earth comes Jesus Christ and in what ends up happening he makes it away and those that are redeemed shall walk there Now, that's now, as saved people, as those that have trust the Lord, we can walk in His ways. Well, what is His ways? He gave us His Spirit. And we just mentioned it Galatians 5, walk in the Spirit. Those are the ways that the Lord is wanting for us to walk in. If you, uh, so... That's all I wanted to say about those. De- There's other things about these. It's oh, yeah. really a, a negative, a, a negative of any of these things about the den of dragons, except for that portion right there about um, this. Their habitation is going to be covered with grass and flourish. It's they. They're not going to be able to pass through this this way of holy holiness you know I it uh, thought it was pretty cool you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think it's in connection to what's going on here because I think it's in the same effect that, that you know with all those things that we have we still have a Lord that soul is searching the soul is uh, Jesus Christ bit lifted up to draw all men unto himself you know, when he was lifted up and he bled and died for us, you know, I think that uh, these den of dragons, I think that that's the millennium you say?
0: Yeah, that, that whole chapter is all about the millennium.
1: Mm, yeah, I think that was a blessing there. But uh, also in Jeremiah 51, 37. Yep. Look at that is... The Lord flips that whole thing around, you know, yep. right back yep. on to Babylon, a great nation, wonderful, you know,
0: yep.
1: and he just turns the script on him and shows, you know, you ain't gonna, I will bless them, will bless thee, and I will curse them, they curse thee, you know. It, the Lord flips the script on that thing.
0: Judgment comes first to the house of God, right? Yeah.
1: In what Babylon...
0: He said- what he says he's going to do to Judah and Jerusalem and Israel back in verse 11 of Jeremiah there is the same thing he's going to do to Babylon after the 70 years is over. Yeah, He's going to do the exact same. He's going to make them heaps, bend the dragons, and be desolate without inhabitant. Only for Babylon, it's going to be forever. Yeah. Now, it ain't happened yet. Babylon no. Babylon's still here but it will. Babylon will be destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah.
1: Well, this Babylon historically has been destroyed. Spiritually this thing carries through. That's mystery Babylon. Right? That's the the mystery that, that or that's uh
0: iniquity that now uh, No stop stop Sodom Hussein was rebuilding Jerusalem, uh, Babylon the Babylon that's spoken of here in the Bible there's still stones and stuff from the times of Daniel and stuff that they was, that they was using to build and to rebuild Babylon Babylon has been rebuilding it, it, it isn't desolate today it's, it's a thriving city Right on the oh. right on right on the site where the Babylon that we're speaking of here, with Nebuchadnezzar was. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Right. So those prophecies in Jeremiah and those prophecies in Isaiah and stuff that says that they'll be uh, destroyed, as Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, that hasn't happened yet. When Babylon got overrun, when the when the Medes and the Persians come in with Belshazzar Bel and stuff, there wasn't even a shot fired in that one. They didn't destroy that city. They just came in uh, and took it. Huh. Hmm. But the way they drank and stuff like that, it's no wonder. It's not hard to sneak up on a drunken crowd. I can't think of exactly where it is, but the scripture tells us about it. They 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 rerouted the water and they, they crawled up underneath the gates and stuff. That big fortified city that Babylon was and stuff. They just crawled underneath the gates and went through the moats and went up and in there and just took the city over without a shot being fired. Yeah. So so to speak. They couldn't do anything about it. They were in drunken stupors. So when people think that Babylon got destroyed back then, that no it didn't either. It didn't, didn't get destroyed at all. In fact, the Medes and Persians used it for headquarters for a long time.
1: all right um we're at one fifteen we have five minutes. you have more on uh verse
0: nine uh no i mean i, I it would take me a while to to read through these but i I think we covered it pretty well and uh like I say God took me to the same place he took you so yeah it would you know have my own way of Explaining the, the things, but the, the, the things were were touched on, and I thought they was touched on well. So,
1: yeah, I guess I didn't touch on this. Be avenged on such a nation. What rang in my heart is that it's a national thing that the Lord is going to be dealing with Israel. Yeah. It yeah. is the Lord dealing with them as a whole, and that's the Lord's going to be dealing with the church as a whole you know uh he will judge all the nations as a whole Mm -hmm. and um that's another thing that i popped out i like how the lord puts those little nuggets in there because you know um some people twist the scripture and use it as individual and nation and this that and the other and um I like how he puts it in there. And if you look at it, you could see it's going to be at a national level. You know, so there's got to be a lot of deception, a lot of deceit, a lot of things. It's almost like it's actually the nation of Israel. They're doing all of this, brother. And the Lord said in Proverbs, can a man take uh, fire in his bosom and not be burned? Right. And that's exactly what the nation of Israel done. They've committed adultery with mystery Babylon and they got this fire in their chest and it's, it's about to burn them, you know, it's about to melt them up and, uh, they shouldn't. And what's going to end up happening is the real man is going to be revealed that's behind all of it. And it's not them at all. That's pulling the strings. It's the devil that's been pulling the strings the whole time and manipulating them the whole time and Holy. thinking that they're going to get away with everything and so on and so forth. But
0: Well, but, I, did, I, did, I did come up with one thing, but I, we don't have time to, to do it, but I'll do the best I can. Back in chapter 5, all those things that's listed before verse 9, When yes. you, when you get to verse 6, right before that Jeremiah says he'll go to the great men he, he's looking for a man that will do judgment and, and seek the truth and he can't find any he go to the people first in three and four and they can't find them then he goes to the great people and I believe those are the people that were part of the revival that got stirred up for the Lord but then they wax cold and so he speaks of that and he says at the end he said but they've all together broken the yoke and burst the bonds they, they've uh You know they they've broken their fellowship with them and they don't want to serve him anymore. Mm. So, in verse six, the the devil shows up. Mm. He, he shows up as a lion. He shows up as a wolf. He shows up as a leopard. And all those have uh, you know uh, scriptural references. And so he'll watch over them. And everyone that goes out will be torn into pieces. Everyone in their transgressions are many, and their backslides are not increased. Well, look at look at the lion. Wherefore a lion out of the forest shall slay them. What, the, what does the thief do? What does the devil? What's his purpose? What's his? his to kill. To kill, to steal, and destroy. Right. Yes. So the lion slays the wolf, and the, the lion is the devil. The wolf is the false prophet. He comes of the evening and spoils it. He steals from them. And then the leopard is the Antichrist, according to Revelation 13, 2. He'll watch over their city and he'll steal and tear them into pieces. So he'll steal, kill, and destroy. Mm, yeah. Ten seconds. And, okay, well, that, doesn't that strike you when... Paul said that he was going to turn them over to the destruction of the flesh, turn them over to the devil. Mm, ain't, that, mm, ain't, ain't that a great picture of that?
1: Yeah. Amen. I'll call you on the other line. Okay. Uh, <laughs>